0: The royal family's firm, in quotes, is reportedly worth at least $23 billion. So I thought this would be a pretty interesting article to basically uh, cover. So the firm, a nickname for the monarchy and its institutions coined by King George VI, is currently worth at least $23 billion according to a new report in the Sunday Times of London. Over the past decade, the royals' asset wealth, which includes buildings, land, mineral rights, art, and other treasures, increased faster than at any other time since the first pieces of their estate were acquired by Edward the Confessor (laughs) almost a thousand years ago. By the way, isn't it crazy that, like, you could simply, like, literally exist in life and increase your net worth. Like, it's crazy. In just 10 years, the wealth of the monarchy's monarchies, largest institutions, the Crown Estate, and the Duchies of Lancaster and Cornwall has doubled. The royals also own hundreds of miles of the British coastline. The Ascot Racecourse the Oval Cricket Ground, and many of London's most famous private members clubs occupy royal property, the Times reported. The vast Crown Estate, a massive property portfolio that includes land and buildings in England, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland, is worth about $18 billion alone. Half of the Crown Estate's wealth comes from London property, including almost all of Regan Street, Major tracks of St. James and Paul Mall, and some of the city's most prestigious clubs, like the Athenaeum Boodles, kind of reminds me of Poodles, the Carlton, and the Reform Club. Interesting. Okay, so the Ascot Racecourse in Ascot. Wow, so they own that, the Oval Cricket Ground. That's crazy. That thing's massive. Boodles. Heh. Okay, interesting. However, although the crown estate belongs to the reigning monarch, it is not their private property to do with as they please. The sitting king or queen has no power to sell holdings and does not receive income directly from the state. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Instead, profits from the crown estate are plowed back into the treasury, which returns a percentage of the sum to the royal family as the sovereign grant. Okay, so now that is interesting. Basically, it's like you're still funding more money back into basically the government, which in turn then basically gives the you know royal household basically a paycheck, like a stipend almost. Now that's interesting. So among the individual royals, King Charles III... 73 is worth about one billion dollars, the report said. With his mother's death, he inherited the Duchy of Lancaster, an estate owned by the monarch since the 14th century, with forty five thousand ninety two acres of land in Cheshire, Lancashire, Yorkshire, Lincolnshire, <laughs> Derbyshire, Staffordshire, and South Wales. Although Buckingham Palace and other royal palaces are owned in a trust, the Sandringham Estate in Norfolk, which runs to 20,000 acres, and Balmoral, the castle where Queen Elizabeth II died, and it's 50,000 acres, belong to the Queen and will probably pass to Charles. How much Charles ultimately gets from his mother will never be known, A court decided in 1820 that a monarch's will does not need to be published. Now, that is interesting, and the reason probably for this is because people would probably end up revolting if they truly understood how much each individual was actually getting paid, or was making, or actually had. So Prince William, 40, also became a billionaire after the death of his grandmother. And taking control of the Duchy of Cornwall, the new Prince of Wales was already rich after inheriting millions from his late mother Diana and his great-grandmother. Like imagine like literally just coming into life rich. Like that is such a crazy thing to probably experience. Prince Princess Anne's wealth is estimated at about 52 million. Elizabeth II bought Gatcombe Park for her daughter in 1976. The Gloucester, Gloucester Shire mansion includes 700 acres and is near Highgrove. Her elder brother's rural home, Anne, 72, has long been called the hardest-working royal and is thought to own an extensive jewelry collection. Disgraced, Prince Andrew, 62, the queen's second son, is that to be worth less than eight million dollars? Now that's a little bit funny, right? That you basically became disgraced and pretty much worth almost nothing in comparison to the other families, family members. Early this year, he settled a civil, you know, assault case brought against him by the U.S. by Virginia Goofrey for about ten million, and he receives an annual Royal Navy pension but no longer receives the $270,000 per year stipend he got to run his royal office. That's a lot of money. Like, if you basically got a stipend of $270,000 for basically doing nothing, what would you do with that money? That'd be pretty interesting. But Andrew has reportedly inherited significant sums of family money over the years. Prince Edward, fifty-eight, and his wife Sophie are worth about twelve million. The report said, and Prince Harry, thirty-eight, and his wife Meghan Markle have wealth estimated at about twenty-two million. The Times said, and most of Harry's money comes from his inheritance from his money. Mother, I mean. But what's funny? This number is actually probably not exactly accurate because the amount that they probably got paid to basically do nothing by these massive corporations. For like their show, their podcast, they're just being like on Oprah or whatever. They probably made a few. I mean, they probably made like 50 million. Honestly, they probably made about 50 million. So, they're probably worth a lot more than just the 22 that they're stating. Let's see some of the comments. I think they'd be pretty interesting since there's 301 comments. So, how does a family accumulate 23 billion without ever having a job? or contributing anything meaningful to society. It's certainly no accomplishment to acquire all this wealth on the backs of hard-working men and women of Great Britain. Giving a few people good speech at varying events is not worth $23 If your direct ancestors started accumulating wealth and were kings a thousand years ago, you too could be rich. They've always been rich, that's how. By the way, the monarchy contributes and generates way more wealth for the UK than it costs the UK to have them. How much have your typical middle-class American politicians accumulated in wealth off the back of taxpayers during their terms in office is a way bigger issue, which you should concern yourself with more before accusing the royal family of ripping off their subjects. Now, that's an interesting point, right? Because is not a secret as to what the royal family does, necessarily, right? You know they are filthy rich. You know they own a lot of the country, and you know basically how they end up getting their money. And you know that pretty much, I mean, I would say this Elizabeth II, the one that you know passed away, she was a hard worker and she was very good at dealing with you know different politicians. That being said, the type of money that they're making is a generational type of thing, right? It's not necessarily them directly impacting something to get money back, right? They're not selling like a product and getting something back. They've basically accumulated wealth over their generations, acquired so many assets that constantly basically print money, right? For example, if you owned like, actually no, let's put it this way. If you put like $100 million into the S&P 500 decades ago, right? You're going to be constantly doubling that amount of money and also getting paid a dividend constantly. So basically, you are pretty much never running out of money, right? Like if you were to win the lottery, let's just say that. If you were to win the lottery, let's say that you were to win like $100 million, Right from the lottery, or even the billion-dollar thing, but really after taxes and all that kind of stuff, you maybe only walk away with like six hundred million. Let's do, let's do five hundred million. Okay, if you were to win that massive uh, jackpot Powerball lottery that was, you know, done not too long ago, if you put that basically into the S&P 500, almost every ten years that money would basically double, right? So 500 million would end up going to a billion, a billion would end up going to 2 billion, 2 billion would end up going to 4 billion, right? And that's just like every few decades, right? So basically after a few decades, you're worth billions of dollars without literally like lifting a finger, right? That's the same way that they're basically growing their wealth. They're not having to really actually do anything, it's just the assets that they owned over the years that they existed is generating more wealth for them. And it's just an interesting thing, right? That's why it's so important to start investing as soon as possible and to not have debt because that makes you go the opposite way. So you want to get out of debt first and then start, you know, building up an emergency fund and then basically funneling a lot of money into investments, investments that will basically grow exponentially and also produce some sort of cash as well as like a kickback right because I mean here's the thing depending on how much you spend per year per month right if you're able to grow an investment account to about like a million dollars you could probably actually live off of that just from the small amount of dividends that it actually produces if you're good at managing your money and you don't only have that many bills thus You would basically never run out of money. Let's see. The monarchy has to account for all of its expenditures, public and private. King Charles III can not simply go out tomorrow and buy the family their own private jet, aircraft, or yacht without some measure of oversight. Scrutiny follows them. Much of their family wealth lies in tangible assets, estates, properties, antiques, historical pieces, artifacts, trappings, clothing, furnishings, etc., While they want for absolutely nothing as royals, they also can't just liquidate their assets. The $20 billion headline, therefore, is misleading at the very least. I wouldn't really say that it's misleading, but basically they might be worth it, but they can't really utilize that amount of money. I mean, to be fair, they might be able, like, you know, each individual one, other than the disgraced one, might be able to, like, utilize, like, 10 to maybe 15 million dollars, easy peasy. Other than that, probably not. Let's see. I don't see the point of this article. The richest man in the world lives in my state. Far, far richer than the royal family combined. There's rich people all over the world. Why single out this particular rich family? Let's see. But yeah, interesting. But the main thing to really understand about this article is that you should invest somewhat like them, right? Not completely, but somewhat like them because a lot of their investments are really generationally based investments, meaning all of their investments are just going to keep on getting passed on and passed on and passed on to the very next child, basically, right? Which If you want to create, basically, generational wealth for you and your family and your descendants, that's a good way to do it. Basically, for long term, you want to structure your investments to where, one, you don't really need to interact with it that much. And also, that it will consistently be pushing out more and more money as it grows, right? That's why I like the S&P 500, very hands-off, pretty much doubles every 10 years, also provides a dividend, right? You could do that with real estate as well, right? And if you have a really large real estate portfolio, all of your rental income will provide a very good amount of cash flow for you and your family, right? So it's just something to really think about. Like the way that you like view investing, view as to like what is the desired outcome with the money that you're trying to put into investments, right? That's why you should really try to get out of debt, which if you want to learn how to get out of debt, go down below. But you want to get out of debt, have a good emergency fund, and then try to invest as much money as possible into your investments that produce some sort of cash flow forever.